Up next, the news you can use from YAA. It's your 30-minute fix for all your car questions, industry news, and tips you can use when buying your next vehicle. We're your hosts, Ray and Zach Shevska, the founders of YAA. We're here every weekday, live at noon Eastern. Check us out at joinyaa.com. Come on, get in! Well, by the watch on my wrist, it's noon, and and news that you can use from YAA for Thursday, October 21st, just three days before Dara's big wedding. The big countdown continues, Pops. Yes, it, it continues. does. Yeah. So, Dad, yesterday was so exciting with Jared and Laura from Black Book on that you and I realized this show is significantly better when there are other people a part of it. Um, for sure. <laughs> yeah. This, this duo can only take this so far. <laughs> so here's what we're doing today. We've got some interesting data on the new car incentives front um, from True Car. New car incentives down 42%. We're going to review that. Also, we have probably one of the most incredible, uh, really, you've got to be kidding me, segments of all time. But before we get into both of those, what I wanted to do, Dad, was invite our guests onto the show today. And I think we worked on, uh, you, you sent this over to me before, our, our new intro for guests. We're going to bring on the car mom, Kelly Stumpy, here in just a moment. But I, we've got a new ad lib. So, so should I play it? I, I what I know the audience is just waiting. Um, yeah, yep. buddy. I hit the wrong button. Wrong button. Pops, I think someone's at the door. Can you let him in? Is that, oh, is man. that, that, is that Kelly? That is that cute. Kelly the car mom? <laughs> Kelly the car mom. <laughs> <laughs> hey Kelly, so thank you so much for joining us. Um, so yes, Kelly, the car mom, um, who has been advocating for shoppers uh, for about the past year and a half, 18 months, 24 months. Um, Kelly, it's an honor to have you on the show. So we definitely want to talk about those new car incentives a little bit today. But also, before we do, can you just share with us a little bit about the car mom brand and, and how you're helping consumers um, go through the car buying process? Sure. So my name is Kelly Stumpy and I review cars for moms and for families. Uh, and I also enjoy sharing car buying tips and tricks to empower women specifically when they're purchasing vehicles. I come from a dealer background. My family owns car dealerships in the St. Louis area. I started selling cars in 2016. Loved it. Still love it. Um, and I started the car mom in the middle of the, of the pandemic, just basically as a way to help save mother's time at the dealership. I mean, I know as a mother of two, how much of a pain in the butt it can be to like take your toddler to a grocery store. I can't imagine having to like take my toddler to a dealership and then like meet a salesperson, like meet the manager and get pressured to do payments. Also, I could see like my car seats don't even fit in the car properly. So um, I'm a mom of two. I'm also a a certified child passenger safety technician. So I'm certified in all things car seat safety. And basically the premise of my reviews is I put car seats in the cars. I talk about the functionality from a mom's perspective. And um, that's kind of what I do. Very cool. Can I ask you a question? As somebody yeah. who's 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 a female and sold cars for a living, um, why is it, if from your experience, do you think that so many dealerships make it so difficult for women when they come in by themselves? And they're quite capable of doing this by themselves, coming in by themselves to buy a car. Why, why, why do so many dealership personnel make it so difficult for the women? You know, I think, unfortunately, it is the individuals who are selling cars. I mean, 
the car business is a very tough industry and it takes a specific type of person. I don't know if I can even fault the industry because I understand like people buy cars in the evenings, people buy cars on Saturdays. So you have to work those hours. I think the lack of women in the workforce hurts us. And then I also think, I mean, there's a lot of great car salespeople out there, but there's also not as many good car salespeople out there. And I really fault, I don't fault the dealer principals. I don't fault the managers. I really think it starts with the individual salespeople. And there's a lot of, you know, we call them like old car dogs and like they've been in the business 30 plus years and, you know, they're just not who I want to buy a car from ultimately. I, I hear you. It's, yeah, it's, go ahead, Zach. No, no pops. I defer to my elders. Ooh, that is so sweet. No, I was just, it, it just, it, you know, there are a lot, and, and I am to a certain degree, an old car dog. I've only been in the business for 43 years. Um, and, and yeah, there are some people out there, salespeople that get it and treat women with respect and provide them with the information that they're asking for. And then there's, uh, unfortunately too many who aren't willing to, uh, to show the courtesy and the respect to the, to a female customer that they should. And it's, it's really quite unfortunate when women are confronted by those type of salespeople. And I just want to take a moment here. We've got so many people in the chat that are saying they're huge fans, Kelly. So this makes me super happy. We've got Moni here. We've got her saying, Car Mom's such a fan. Thank you so much for being here. All of us mama bears and understanding our needs. You also provide such great support. Uh, we've got other people up in the chat saying, uh, here you go. I've used some of her tips to advocate certain points to my wife. Her content is great. So yeah. it's awesome to see this overlap that we have because obviously with YAA, again, YAA stands for your advocate alliance. Our whole objective here is to empower people to make smart decisions and feel confident going through a process that previously like and you know this kelly you you're, you mentioned your family has dealerships and you worked in the industry like there's a lot of smoke and mirrors at times and you can actually demystify a lot of that by following people like the car mom by following yaa like we exist to kind of not necessarily tell you how you're going to get the best deal ever but to at least understand what you're getting into exactly. and i think what's especially important about your content is it speaks to like a certain persona like the car seat uh, that component like we we could never do justice to that type of content. It is so great that you're out there, um, you know, empowering people with that type of information so they can make smarter decisions. Yeah. And I think one thing that I've really been able to connect with my audience with is I understand the challenges that women face when buying a cars. And I can really empathize because I feel like they're the same challenges I faced as selling cars. I started selling BMWs when I was 22 years old. So imagine being 22 never selling cars before and looking across a man three times my age about an $80,000 five series. Like it was, you know, and I'm like, so I really dealt with a lot of adversity. And I think because of the, those experiences, I'm really able to relate to the car buying process because it's, it can be difficult on both fronts. Absolutely. Oh, it, it's more difficult from the salesman's perspective. I think, uh, I, and I understand the difficulty for the customers and, and most of the difficulty for the customers is because of how salespeople have been trained for years 100%. and years and years. And how um, we're perceived. Like everyone comes in what, waiting to get taken advantage of. And I'm like, come on, like, you know, I'm just trying to sell car. <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to figure out how to make a living. Yeah. And and you're just trying to figure out how to, how to get a car. Mm -hmm. and, and if we both can accept that we have a job to do, then we can probably get it done and we can work it all out. But most salespeople don't don't approach it from that perspective. Um, and, and so, yes, I appreciate how difficult it is uh, for the customer because the customer really doesn't know 
everything that's about to go on. They don't know how we've been trained to think so that, I guess the nice way of saying it, so that we can manipulate the situation and the customer to get them to do what it is that they wanted to do just sooner than perhaps they might have wanted to do it. Mm -hmm. So bless you for, for cool. figuring out to make that connection. Thank you. And I guess, Kelly, the question I have for you is, so in what ways have you found you're able to help your audience in particular? I mean, for context here, so that everyone knows, Kelly has a YouTube channel, uh, her website, thecarmomofficial.com. Go take a peek there as well. And also has like a really strong following on social media. Um, what ways have you found that you're able to help people? What tips do you provide folks with? I know when we chatted a bit earlier, you know, you have some suggestions for like what to do before you even go to a dealership. Like what type yeah. of advice would you want to share with our audience that you typically share with yours? Well, and... I liked, I really, I approach my car buying as very um, not confrontational because probably, I mean, there's no secret, you know, if you put in the work and you put in the hours and you call 15 dealerships and get prices and then call 15 more dealerships and get prices, you're going to get a lower price. But as mothers who are busy, we don't always have that kind of luxury of time. So I really try to streamline um, how I teach car buying to be the most time efficient. And I mean, quite honestly, the majority of my audience doesn't love confrontation. So it's just kind of a way to make sure that we are doing our diligence without having to, you know, be at the negotiation table for an hour and a half. So I mean, my number one tip I share is um, just to put yourself in control of who you work with and to select your salesperson ahead of time. People ask me all the time, how do I get the salesperson to take me seriously as a woman? And my answer is like, oh, we're just, we don't. Like, I'm not going to worry about like, you know, Jim, who's been working here for 30 years, who doesn't like, why would we give him your business? It's 2021. And if he hasn't figured it out by now, like, I'm just not concerned with him. I'd so much rather you give your business to another woman, to someone with five star reviews, to someone who like takes their customers seriously. So I think there's a lot of great platforms that you can utilize to choose that salesperson ahead of time. Um, you know, read reviews, see how long they've been there. Um, reach out to them ahead of time so you can kind of set expectations because the biggest car buying mistake I think people make is they roll up to a busy lot on a Saturday and then they're deal they're stuck with who's ever smoking cigarettes outside ready to work with them, quite honestly. Um, yeah. So choose your salesperson ahead of time is my biggest tip to make you feel more comfortable. Uh, one of the, one of the, there's a couple ways that I suggest people do that. And, and yes, reviews are a great thing. And I know a lot of dealerships, especially in the, uh, in the, in the, um, Virginia, Maryland, Delaware area, DC area, they rely a lot on dealer raters. So um, I don't know if dealer raters big everywhere in the country. I know it's big on the East coast. Um, you can get reviews on salespeople that way. And one of my favorite tips is I suggest that you call the, the, the store, speak to a receptionist. Receptionists usually don't have an agenda and, and say to them, gee, I have my mother who's elderly needs to come in and get a car. Who do you think would be best suited to work I with somebody that. like that? I love that. Yeah. And, and they're not going to put, they're not going to say, oh yeah, Jim, the 30 year old, the 30 year car dog is the one. Yeah. But, you know, they're, they're going to predict, they're going to suggest somebody that's younger that can connect on a human level. So that's, yeah, uh, that's a great tip. I love that. Well, at least we're on the same page. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got in the chat here, we've got Monica saying, you know, we're all waiting for a super group approved dealership list from YA and the car mom. So I don't know. I didn't come up with that idea. We got to give Monica the credit, but there could be something there. Um, and we've got Kelly, we've got Igor asking in the chat, what's the, uh, the name of the, uh, the auto group that uh, your family has, if you don't mind us asking? It's uh, Suntrup Automotive Group. So S-U-N-T-R-U-P. We've got five locations awesome. in St. Louis. That's awesome. That's awesome. 
So I've got one other thing before we we dive into some of the news here, um, which is Kelly, like, how did you get inspired to start doing what you're doing? Because we started YAA, I guess it was about two years ago, dad, now, yep. uh, December of 2019 is when we started. So right before the pandemic. Um, and I wouldn't necessarily call that serendipitous timing, but it, it yeah, it co coexist or coincided. Um, so what got you inspired to get into it? Was it just the pandemic started and you're spending more time at home or you knew that this was a need and that no one was really filling the void? Like kind of what's the origin story a little bit, if you don't mind sharing it? Yeah. So, you know, there's in the mom community, there's a bunch of mom related Facebook groups, which are, I mean, any moms probably belongs to several of them. So I'm in like a May 2020 babies because like my son was born in May of so I'm in like all these like specific like Peloton moms like <laughs> I'm in all these mom groups because you know it takes a village and I like to feel like I have a lot of other women who can relate to me and I would notice over and over um what's a good mom car what's a good mom car kept being asked and I would you know kind of sit in there and weigh in and be like oh car salesman here I like this car and this car for these reasons and then but I was just sympathizing because I'm like well what is a good mom car um, and as I was planning for my, cause I was pregnant at the time, I was planning for my second child. Um, I drive a demo car from the dealership, so I don't own a vehicle. So I was constantly like in and out of different cars and, you know, every car fits one car seat. Well, where things get more complicated is when you add a second car seat or a third car seat. And as I started to do a little research, I got really frustrated with some of the manufacturers, um, not to like harp on a specific car, for example, but the Kia and the, the Telluride and the Palisade just came out as like these awesome eight passenger haulers. And I was like, whoa. But as I started to do my research and kind of play with the car seat setup, I quickly realized like there's eight seatbelts, but it's not fitting eight of anything. I mean, it's not fitting eight car seats. It's not fitting. It, you can't sit in between two rear facing car seats. You can't access the third row with a car seat. You can't fit a double stroller with a third row up. So then quickly I was like, well, this isn't being advertised correctly. I'm not saying it's not a great car, but I would just have friend after friend buy a Ford Explorer, realize it wasn't big enough have $10,000 of inequity to carry on to the next vehicle. And I was just like, whoa, like we've got to, someone's got to be telling people what these cars are really doing and how, I don't want to say how falsely they've been advertised, but you know, manufacturers love to throw out buzzwords. They love to add another seatbelt so they can claim it's a large SUV. Um, and they're just not all the time. Kelly, now you see, I've had this idea for a while. I think your your origin story is incredible and I love it. And I've had this idea for a while that there's a very niche community of 70-year-old um, men, kind of like my father, who who try and find cars that they can get into and out of most yeah. easily. And I think there should be a segment of content of my dad getting in and out of different sedans. I love and it. And there should be a Ray Shefska score of ease of getting in and out. And the moment he steps into like an Audi R8, it's game over. Um, we'll, we'll just, that's, it's, yeah, it won't happen. It, it, it was game over. They had to, they had to roll me out of the R8 once I got in it, but that's besides the point. And <laughs> yeah. I was much, and I was much younger then too. I, I must've been like only 67 at that time. <laughs> I just think like any of that information is so hard to get. And I mean, you guys also know, you know how much time can be spent at a dealership just to find out you can't get in and out of the car. So I just thought if there was just like, if I could save, I never wanted to make a mother's final decision, but if I could just save her three hours at a Toyota dealership because she realizes you can't put a rear facing car seat in the third row of a Highlander, like that's just a service that I wanted to be able to provide. Can Can I ask you a quick question about car seats? Because yeah. um, you're certified on those, uh, which is really, really important. Statistically speaking, how many car seats are installed in cars improperly? About 70%. Oh my God. So yeah. any service you can provide uh, via uh, uh, videos or anything else to, to help 
people install the car seats properly, God bless you for that. Because uh, I, I worked with a gentleman who was certified for that. And it was just, we were amazed at how many car seats were yeah. actually installed improperly. Yeah. it's And, you know, I think that one of the other things I always remind my following of is salespeople are not car seat certified. So the importance of bringing your car seat to a dealership and making sure you can get a proper install you know, people are always like, oh, is it weird if I bring my car seat? And I'm like, people, I have seen the weirdest items get brought to a dealership to see if they fit in the truck. I mean, I've seen some very strange items where I don't even want to ask questions on what it is. So I was like, yeah, you bring in your car seats and asking for 25 minutes alone with the car to get proper installations like that is that you have to do that. You should. At the very least, you should, because let's let's face it, I, I'm pretty sure you'll agree. Those two kids of yours are the two most important things in your world. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. So we've got a couple other comments here. Sarah Conley saying it might just be worth a five-hour drive to St. Louis. Sarah, so we have, you know what? We have great pizza. You might want to come. <laughs> St. Louis, you guys probably never had St. Louis-style pizza. You probably hate it, but. <laughs> well, you know, we, we, we were actually in St. Louis in, uh, what was it, in April when we yep. when we made our cross country trip back east from uh, Las Vegas? And no, unfortunately, we we did not get St. Louis pizza. I apologize. Next for time. That. Yeah, <laughs> Monica's saying uh, I love your reviews. Just so many, um, so many happy comments here. Uh, here we go from Dave. Uh, this is a great show. I like that you're bringing good guest speakers. We do too, Dave, because we know our limitations, <laughs> and they are plenty. <laughs> there, there's only so much BS I can spew. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you teed me up for that one, Pops. There's yeah. not a big enough bowl to make that much poop. So, Kelly, <laughs> if you don't mind, I know we only have you for a couple more minutes, but can we talk a little bit about what is going on in the industry and your perspective? Absolutely. Um, you know, you've got a heck of a megaphone on your end, and I know you're trying to do the same thing we are, which is inform people of like the craziness that's going on in the market. And if it's okay with you guys, let's actually look at something that was posted back on the YAA community forum. We'll cue this one up because we're going to jump right into it. Really? You, you gotta, gotta be, be kidding, kidding me. <laughs> okay, Kelly. So we recently back on the YAA community, we were exposed to from Alex, the Alaska sound guy, the most egregious dealer markup we think we've ever seen. And I want to pull it up on the screen here. This is at Mercedes Benz. There's a, yeah, you can see it on the screen. I'm not going to necessarily name the dealership. It's a G63 AMG, oh, little hard. My God. $178,000 is the manufacturer's suggested retail price. You know, and I agree, Kelly, the window edge of $199 is just, it's, it's crazy. Like I yeah. can't believe that they did that. Um, <laughs> a market adjustment of $125,000, taking the total price to $303,000. Wow. Really? You say it. Yeah, I'll say it. Really? You got to be kidding me. And it's not the $125,000 that, that, that gets me. It's the fact you would have the nerve to then, to then charge $199 for window edge. <laughs> that is interesting. I think you're being way too kind. I think I am too. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Kelly, we, we obviously, I think we do a really good job because my dad spent 40 plus years in the, in the retail side of the business. I was raised and we were able to go on a family vacation every single, most summers when business was good because of that lifestyle. My dad was able to provide by being in the auto industry. Like I 
get it. And we don't we don't position ourselves as adversarial towards dealerships as well. But when you see stuff like this, what goes through your mind? You know, we're trying to empower these people to go have a positive experience. What does that say to you when you're seeing $125,000 markup? That's like an 80% dealer markup, essentially. Yeah, I mean, that is highway robbery is the only way I can explain it. I mean, that is, that's, that's greedy. That's, that's not a way to conduct business. I do, I am slightly sensitive to some of the dealer, dealer market that's happening. Just like as someone who works in a dealership every single day, I mean, we have like five new Kias on our lot. What are we supposed to do? It's not, it's not really, it's not our fault. And, you know, we have employees, we have lights to keep on. I'm not saying like, oh, poor dealerships. Like, and we're going to be fine because we're not a mom and pop dealership. But I mean, how are we supposed to get these salespeople paid, get these managers paid? I mean, we just, I, I'm okay with some of the markups. Like we have Tellurides, which are marked up around five to 7,000 over MSRP, but like, that's what everyone's doing. But that's a little, that's a little much. I, I'm pretty sure you wouldn't, you wouldn't think to, to mark up a Telluride, say $30,000. <laughs> <laughs> we would just throw in a free key of soul at that point. You know, yeah. <laughs> and I think you make a really good point though, Kelly, and you share a, a really unique perspective, which is, and we've talked about this a lot on the show, the impacts from this chip shortage, and now there's potentially the magnesium shortage as well, really the, the impacts of new car supply never being lower than it currently is, are not only on the consumer in the sense of, hey, you're seeing markups at the dealership, and, and really, if you don't need to buy a car right now, go to stopbuyingcars.com. There's a broader impact, which is on the on the economy and as a whole. Like yeah. There are lots of people that have been tra traditionally employed by dealerships that now these dealerships are figuring out ways to operate in a way that's more profitable because they have less staff and the scary thing is you're moving in a direction where the oems are likely going to get behind this idea as well they're going to figure out how to be more profitable with less staff and there's pros and cons to all of this as well or with less supply i should say there's pros and cons to it but a lot of what we're seeing right now is some hoggish piggish behavior and and uh, yeah an 80 percent markup you've got to imagine even the the oem would step in and say hey that that's i mean that's that's not good that's not yeah, a good look. that's well, and it's, I also wonder how much of it is trying to like keep one on the lot too. I mean, I don't have a Ford store, but I'm, we don't have a Ford store, but I know people who have Ford stores and I go there to get vehicles to tour and they have a couple of Broncos in and he's like, I put 65 over MSRP on it because I have to put a selling price on it. He's like, but I don't want to sell it because I want to have one here. So, I mean, I'm not saying that's what that dealership is doing, but you know, sure enough, he's like, yeah, I got to put a price on it 65 over and I'll sell it because he needs to keep that car in inventory. Or one of the things you can do as a dealership is you could just say, you know what, I'm going to keep one and it's just not available for sale. And I understand that's hard to do when there's really limited inventory, um, but there have been hot products that have come out before that have uh, have been in short supply for a year or 18 months. And it was always incumbent upon a dealership to at least keep one available for people to be able to demo um, yeah. so that you could sell off of it. But Yeah, I'm surprised to see the manufacturers get more involved. And maybe they are more involved in certain others um, or like they have some more regulation over it. I don't, I don't know that for a fact, but I would hope that some brands are a little bit more. You, you would you would think some of the manufacturers would be a little more sensitive to it than others, but uh, last time I checked, MSRP still uh, 
still stands for manufacturer suggested retail price. <laughs> and it gives the dealerships the opportunity to either sell it for above or below that. And really, the market is what determines what the price is going to be. Now, Kelly, I know you're super busy, and uh, I made the Booker joke yesterday on the stream with Jared and Laura, but you're probably really close to honestly having a Booker. So there you go. <laughs> I didn't contact your Booker to get you on the show, and I'm fortunate for that, but next time I probably will have to. I want to be respectful of your time. Do you have any parting shots for the YA community? Um, we really can't thank you enough. I'll speak for myself, and I'm sure my dad will want to get a word in here as well, but super, so much admire the work that you're doing. Um, feel like it's in such alignment with what we're trying to do over here with YAA, and then the fact that you're able to speak to an audience that, uh, quite frankly, we haven't been able to speak to, which makes sense. I mean, look at us. And so I'm really inspired by the work that you do and excited to uh, continue to get to know you and hopefully do more work with you in the future. But I'll hand it off to you and then Pops, if you have parting shots yeah. as well. And we have it, new car incentives we're going to talk about next. It feels so good to be able to align with um, other people on my mission. I would say that my parting words are, it's going to be okay. Car dealerships are going to be fine. Consumers are going to be fine. Prices are going to stabilize. Um, and it's going to be fine. I'm, I'm optimistic. I mean, I don't like to just be depressed about what's happening in the market. I still think that there's a lot of great salespeople out there. I still think there's a lot of great deals to be found. I'm super excited about where the industry is going. Very energized after this conversation. Um, and yeah, I, I just think you guys are great. I learned so much from you. I love watching all of your videos. And yeah. Well, well, ha you having said that means so much to me. But once you say that, then I think you need to get a life. You, <laughs> you can't just be watching our videos. My God, you. I but, do well. I do. I appreciate it. But I want to. I want to thank you for for really trying to help an underserved portion of our community out there. And that's, and that's the moms and the women um, so that they can feel more empowered when they go to get a car. Um, it, it is, it is a segment of our society that as dealerships, we haven't really learned how to, how to address properly. And God bless you for, for stepping in and trying to do something about it. I'm just, I'm honored to be the voice, honestly. I really am. I'm so happy that I've, you know, been able to like use the platform that I have and the privilege that I have and do some good with it. So it's just going to keep going and we're going to, I'm, I think I, I'm noticing a shift. I really am. I think that the you're doing a great job, Kelly. I'm excited to be part of it. All right. We've got cool. new outro music. You guys ready? Thank you, Kelly. Thanks guys. Very nice. Yeah, so my production <laughs> still hasn't improved from yesterday, but we're working on it. Yeah, we're getting there. You know, we added a new thing with the knock knock on the door and the... Uh, yeah. Oh, that was live. I did that live. That wasn't a sound. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true, yeah. <laughs> Pops, that was great. I love having guests on the show. Seems like we're giving a, uh, getting a lot of positive support here in the chat as well. Monica, uh, MPG, XSVCD, didn't screw up a single letter there. Otis is excited about Kelly being on. So, Kelly, thank you so much. Car Mom again. So, her website is thecarmomofficial.com. Uh, again, big following here on YouTube, big following on social media, Instagram, TikTok, um, uh, Stitcher. Uh, let's not make those jokes, though. We're good. Not, We're not good. today. No, I'll be good. I'll only do that for our stuff. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, Pops, let's shift gears here a little bit. And um, there's some really 
interesting data that came out from honestly true car which we're not the hugest true car fans we'll be the first to to admit it you because pops back on the dealership side you've talked about true car leads aren't necessarily the, the best leads that would ever come through from the consumer side uh you get told a price it isn't the price it's just a meh yeah that being said they have some really interesting data we took it we're going to look at it it's about incentives pops Yes, I, I, I noticed some of the data yesterday, which I immediately shared with you, um, because it's, it's, it's proving a point um, as to why it is that manufacturers um, can get by with, with making fewer cars, but still keep their profits up. And that's so one thing to mention here is we're we're getting into third quarter earnings season. Yes. And so we're going to hear from more and more of not only the dealership groups, but the automakers as well. And so, yeah, let's let's take a peek at this, Pops. The headline here, we put this back on the YAA website. So uh, we'll get that in the chat here in just a moment. New car incentives are down 42 percent year over year. You wrote this this morning, Dad. Damn, you're For, I was I was busy. <laughs> You are busy, man. You were making intros, and you were you were uh, and you were writing. See, so thank you. I was uh, I'm typing. My I'm working my fingers to the quick here from typing so hard. Okay, so so here's what's going on for the third quarter. Q3 of 2021, Q3 of 2020, and Q2 of 2021. We have our year over year change and our quarter over quarter change for the incentives that are being outlaid. Let's look at this quarter over quarter change. So this is going to be this column versus this column real quick. GM quarter over quarter slashed their incentives over 30%. Hyundai over 25%. Nissan right there at nearly 24%. Pops, you can't be too surprised by this. If you remember, we were looking at some data about GM. They're struggling the most when mm -hmm. it comes to maintaining inventory levels right now. No wonder they're cutting incentives. And, you know, if you can't produce the number of cars that you want to produce, um, then you don't have to spend as much in the way of marketing dollars to sell the the inventory that you do have. Um, and so most of the manufacturers have figured out that they don't have to utilize nearly as much in the way of incentives to get the people to buy vehicles. And if that Mercedes Benz that we were just talking about a few minutes ago is any is an example of that, um, you know, sometimes people just want things and they'll pay for it. They'll they'll pay way too much for it, but they'll pay for it. And and so those that 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 want and can't for whatever reason live without it, uh, they don't need the extra incentive to go out and buy it now. My hope would be that that will change going forward, but I think it'll be some time before it does. Absolutely. I mean, we were talking, and I'll pull it back up on the screen here. We've got the article linked out. Uh, let me hide that. We've got the article linked out, the magnesium shortage. So the latest yes. and greatest on what's going to be plaguing production is the magnesium shortage. You can read about that here. It's really actually, that that's fascinating. Kind of produces all of it, and well, 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 they don't produce all of it, but they produce like eighty-five percent of it. I mean, it's not like the United States doesn't produce magnesium. The you know the problem is it's not like you can just say, hey, we're going to manufacture magnesium. No, it's a mineral that has to be mined, and you know it just it just works out that I don't know most of it in the world just happens to be in China. You know, we'd be we have that article. We have that yeah. article. Back on the site, yeah. So okay, take a peek there, but back on the yeah, yeah, back on the incentives front. 
<laughs> we've got the quarter over quarter change year over year. What I want to look at, and yeah, we do have the inventory broken down by state as well, yes. which is super fascinating. But what I want to look at here, Dad, is actually monthly changes because this is where things get interesting. August versus September, Ford actually increased their incentive outlay by 20%. Subaru increased their incentive outlay by nearly 7%. Again, you've got GM on here who's decreasing like crazy because, well, they can't afford to be incentivizing anything because they have no cars. BMW dropping their incentives, Toyota dropping their incentives, but kind of crazy. Ford incentives yeah, but, are up and Subaru incentives but, are up. But even though Subaru incentives might be up, they're still a, a, a relatively small dollar amount compared to uh, the type of incentives that we used to see in the past. Uh, what was Subaru, like 1400 some dollars on average? You know, uh, uh, two years ago, that, that might have been $3,400 on average. So yeah. the even though Subaru felt the need to uh, increase incentives in the month of September, and I don't know why they did with a five-day supply of cars, um, it really dollars-wise, percentage of, of sale-wise, is, is still minuscule compared to what it had been in the past. But for the most part, we're seeing incentives go away. And also oh, on God, the yes. financing side, there's very few 0% financing deals out there right now. Ford is still offering it. I think Ram may have one out there. Those can be regionalized from time to time, but there's fewer dollar incentives and there's fewer financing incentives. And it's just something to be aware of. Uh, you know, as the industry is continuing to shift and evolve. And quite frankly, Pops, you've said it here before on the channel. The United States is one of the few places where there are incentives because there's this instant gratification. There's all the cars on the lot. Like mm -hmm. we're really moving in a direction where we're going to be much more like other countries out there, Europe, et cetera, where there aren't as many incentives. And so, you know, and a greater price as we learn. As we move forward, a greater percentage of cars sold will be cars that were actually ordered by the customer uh, like they do in Europe. Yep, yep. All right, Pops, well, we got another show in the books tomorrow, Friday. We're going to have some fun. Kimberly's Corner. You remember Miss Kimberly Klein? That's I do, and I, and, and I miss her. So I can't wait to have Kimberly back tomorrow for Kimberly's Corner with a tip or two about what could go on in the F&I. Yeah, and it was awesome having Kelly on today. Great having the Black Book team on yesterday. Let us know in the chat. Who do you want us to have on the show in the future? Working on getting a few people, uh, some other YouTubers. I'm trying to get some YouTubers on the show, Pops, get you exposed to them. And then also some people that are uh, high up in the industry, some executives of either dealership groups or maybe some companies you've heard of in the space. Maybe we can even get the Carvana guys and gals on the show, ask them some questions about how business is for them. Let us know in the chat. Oh, I see Yanni. I see Yanni's name in the chat from Melissa. We can get Yanni on the show. Yeah. Um, so let us know. And if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts after the fact, please leave us a review. We really appreciate it. Well, terrific. Thanks, Zach, for uh, another fun noontime extravaganza. All right, Pops. Three days. Three days. <laughs> three days. We're counting down. I love you, man. I love you, too. I'll, I'll talk to you soon. See ya. Join us again next time. Which is probably tomorrow. To get the news you can use from YAA. YAA is your trusted source for all things auto. Thanks for listening. See you soon.